Welcome back to the Pop Culture Podcast, where we discuss pop culture through the lens of fatherhood. Catch our old episodes by clicking on the six drive button. <laughs> In this episode, we talk about parenting while COVID positive, mortality, and more true crime. Hey, so how's it going? You survived um, your, is that your first COVID um, stint? Yes, this is my first <laughs> COVID stint. Uh, I thought it would be milder yeah. because uh, I am vaccinated and double boosted uh, since May, the beginning mm-hmm. of May. So I've been hearing that people have gotten COVID once they're vaxxed and boosted. Like it was pretty mild. Yeah. I don't think it was that mild for me, man. What was the worst part of it for you? And how long was it? How long did it last for? I think the sore throat was the worst. Mm -hmm. Um, And that lasted for about two days. Uh, I did have a headache um for about maybe 2 days but you know the though the headache was manageable because i would take some cold medicine and mm-hmm. like uh i took some advil to just kind of like take the headache away um but you know like the the sore throat was the worst part um but there was a point where like it hurt to drink like hot water, like hot oh, tea. Man. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. So, I mean, the, it was basically just flu symptoms. Um, yeah. I've heard that, uh, that you go through each symptom each day. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so I had like body aches the first day and then that kind of went aside. And then the next day, I, I was hoping that the sore throat would be gone. Um, but no. that that stayed for the longest time. Uh, I, I don't think that was the worst flu symptoms I've had, though. I, I felt like I got swine flu h1n1 uh, like shit. down in la like yeah like 2008 2009 yeah um and i was i was pretty much out for like three or four days yeah 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 man well i think when they say mild it's kind of like as long as you're not in you don't go to the hospital to the hospital yeah yeah. yeah 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 well thankfully we avoided giving it to our kids right? yeah so you know uh tess and i had it like when the we took the test 
when we had symptoms on, I guess, maybe Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then that double line showed up really quick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I had just put the test down and then test came over later. One minute later, I, I, I just like put the test down and then went to the couch, looked on my phone and then test came out like a minute later. She's like, oh, you're positive, dude. And I was just like, what? I just sat down. Um, yeah. And then I think Tess is test tested and it was the double line came up really quick. Uh, and then downstairs, grandma uh, and her brother, uh, grandma's brother uh, tested as well. Uh, but we also tested the kids and they were negative. And mm-hmm. this was the last week. Uh, they were starting the last week of their camp. And yeah. it's a dance camp. Yeah. And so all of their learnings from the last two weeks, they're going to have a little performance on the last day. And they've been working so hard. And they have really, they have a lot of fun going to the camp. So we made sure that we messed up everyone messed up in the house you've been to our house it's pretty small mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then um we tried to isolate them as much as we could you know ellis is five mm-hmm. so he probably likes cuddling with tess a bunch so yeah. i think that was the that was the worst yeah um yeah so So, we avoided giving it to them so that was a really really big win because y'all had to still prepare food and all that stuff for them right and get them ready and exactly exactly and i mean jenny can help a little bit obviously but like you know there's other things that y'all have to do still yeah exactly so she could probably get her own snacks she could probably get her own drinks um but if they wanted to cook stuff we would uh i would like make them pizza or pasta and yeah the first two days was pretty rough because both of us tess and i were feeling pretty crappy um yeah so that was a bit rough you know yeah well i'm glad that y'all made it through (laughs) without any other and especially like you know tessa's mom and her uncle Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. now you can uh, they're they're downstairs so they could isolate uh they they could isolate pretty well um yeah and then you know we had to take them to camp you know, we had we actually yeah. had a carpool for camp, but um, also the other family also had some COVID. Yeah. So they they got it a few days before us, and we were thinking like, oh, maybe we got exposed with them, but I don't think so. No. Um, so the other family uh, actually got it, so then we couldn't carpool anymore. Um, because mm. of the close contact or whatever, right? And then, yeah. so then, 
we we said like whenever we're dropping you off just open all the windows masked up and then they were like super freezing because in <laughs> daily city in the summer yeah. it's like yeah. super foggy in the morning yeah um, yeah so we were as safe as we could be um, yeah and then trying to get them everywhere yeah i mean you got if you i mean that's what we were thinking about before i mean obviously hoon got it and we were all good the kids didn't get it i didn't get it we were able to isolate she healed up all that stuff mm -hmm. but like if we both got it like there's no way that we can isolate especially with a five-year-old and a baby right right so thankfully um you know masks work <laughs> <laughs> yeah masks Definitely and masks work dude the various other things work because y'all didn't yeah. get so then you know the hospital the thing was more severe there's a little bit less you know fear involved right with the kids thank god thank god we were vaxxed and boosted man yeah. like um yeah so then, then every day every day like every day we would test them yeah. and then the chances of them getting it would lessen because our symptoms were yeah uh, our symptoms were going down and then but we we had to the the kids towards uh when we were like non-symptomatic or like we had barely any symptoms yeah the kids would be like oh do i need to keep a mask on still i was like yes dude. yes just <laughs> remind them to keep their mask on um yeah yeah you know the good thing we're lucky with malcolm because he's pretty um on top of his masking even when sometimes we're like dude why do you have your mask on and he's like i don't know i just want to keep it on i'm like okay yeah. it's your decision <laughs> Thank you for being on top of it. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I wonder if um, there's been times I wonder if you know the kids hear so much about COVID, right? And right, obviously they understand danger, mm -hmm. and I think if they express fear, it's not especially for like a disease it's different from like a dog or a clown or whatever right for something that's like not super tangible um and then you know like we're like wash your hands wear your mask um at school right. they have um hand sanitizer which is great and also they mask um highly encouraged to mask um mm -hmm. how kids like malcolm who in particular who are pretty careful and pretty like quote unquote by the rules um he's by the rules except for he's by the rules with everything except for us by the way but um you know you know how that goes um <laughs> I, I, for sure <laughs> i wonder like if he was processing any fear about it um i mean he was pretty chill and Hung had it but you know there are definitely times when he just is like i said more on top of 
wanting to keep his mask on, then we're all like, no, we're, it's fine. We're outside. You, you can take it off, but he wants to keep it on. Yeah. So I wonder if like he's internalizing any kind of fear around that in terms of getting us getting sick or us getting sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think uh, right before we tested, we tested positive on Sunday, but on Friday, the other family um, that we were carpooling with, um, they tested positive, but uh, Ginny's friend that was in her class was still negative. So they had plans to come over to our house to have like a movie night um but that morning uh they tested positive so Mm -hmm. we decided that we would cancel their outing or like their their movie night and then Ginny was like devastated because they had been planning it by themselves um and you know, I think that's when uh, it hit home for her that COVID affected what she wanted to do. Yeah. Right. So then we were saying that, like, we don't want you to get COVID. We have to isolate. You guys have to be in your room or um, in the living room while me and your mom have to be somewhere else because we don't want you to get COVID because that will impact, you know, the activities that you go to, that the activities that you like. Um, So I think that's kind of when it hit, you Mm -hmm. know, like they've been, she's had friends in uh, at school or during gymnastics, like, Oh Yeah someone's not here because they got COVID, mm-hmm. but because they had planned, like Ginny had planned it with her friends. Like that was the closest. Um, that was the, I guess the, uh, the most, the closest it got to her happiness mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it affected them that much. Um, I remember like Ellis wanted to go to Starbucks to get like some hot chocolate. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why he wanted to go to Starbucks, but that was the, that was the time where he wanted to go. He's like, I want to go to Starbucks. He's just like, we, we can't take you because we have COVID. She's like, and he's like, after COVID, can we go to Starbucks? I was like, <laughs> yes. This is like a random, this is like, this is Ellis's first request to go to Starbucks ever. I think so. Like, to be conscious about it. I mean, you know, sometimes when you're three years old or whatever, they'll just repeat whatever. But like, being a fully, in terms of what he can remember. This is the first rando Starbucks request. I think so. I mean, I think <laughs> Tess has, you know, he he'd probably go to Starbucks when Tess needed 
to get coffee or and you're like oh maybe yeah. i'll just get a hot chocolate like yeah mm. it was really weird it's like why do you want to go to starbucks i know or hot chocolate all the random okay. stuff where are you going uh, i'm gonna be working um at an event like a big science fair event like in washington dc oh cool yeah oh for your work yeah for my work yeah because that's what you're working on right like the yeah we have uh my agency that i work with has a client that does uh, some science fair stuff um so this one uh, i went last uh what is it april last march to dc uh that was the high school like they pick 40 high school seniors um and then bring them all together and it's a competition they spend a week uh in dc getting uh uh having talks with scientists and stuff like that and then October is middle school applicants. Um, nice. So there's probably like 20 of them. And that's a, so they're, they, they bring their science project there and they get to meet with other like-minded middle schoolers and, mm. you know, and, and they also get judged. Uh, and then they announced winners at the award ceremony uh, on the last last night, mm. that's cool, man. Yeah, so I'm going to be there to help support the uh, the video and photo stuff. Nice. What a fun event, though. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, and I mention this to everyone that I talk about this event to, and it it basically uh makes me question my life choices <laughs> why is that it's because the these kids are going to be saving the world yeah you know the yeah. the last event i went to uh the winner is 17 years old or mm-hmm. 18 years old and his project was to make uh, rechargeable batteries for like uh, electric cars more sustainable. Mm. Right. And so he had mm-hmm. a prototype and he had uh, all the data and he did research for like two years. And that was his science project about. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah, these kids are going to be saving the world. And, you know, to have this kind of program, like even in high school, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. you are meeting with other scientists and researchers and engineers. And like, that's that's a really good group of people to just keep you going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like in high school, when I was a senior, I probably just wanted to like holla at girls, Mm -hmm. 
and just like watch movies and hang out with friends. But these kids, <laughs> you know, that's all right, man. They're everyone doing has, work. They're everyone doing got work. a place. Everyone got a um, everyone got a role in the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I think about, right? Yeah. Like, so if I was a senior or maybe in junior, like a junior high or something, and then you have the opportunity to go to a school that has uh, a really good science teacher that mm -hmm. challenges people, right? Yeah. And then... She's like, oh, you you could probably have a mentor, mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. um, and someone would who would challenge you to ask questions and stuff like that. So I, I think most of the kids who are in the junior high program, they're probably going to a school that has these programs like science and math yeah. and engineering program, like, like really huge STEM programs. Yeah. Um, and then one of the first things was like for the, the project or for the job that I went to in Atlanta, we were, there was an international program, mm. right? So there was like 1700 kids uh, seniors or high schoolers over there. And then we had to go around and ask people like men on the street kind of questions like interviews mm. and stuff. So mm -hmm. one of the questions was what was, what would you say, what advice would you give uh, a high schooler who wants to do research? Like who wants to get to uh, this competition? And then one person says, say, oh, I would figure out who your mentor is and uh, have a lab ready to go. And, mm. you know, like some people don't even get to a lab in college. Right. right. So this yeah. is a high schooler saying, oh, find a mentor who you can work in their lab. Yeah. And. And so that kind of gives me this perspective about like uh, equity, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. So some, some people won't have that chance to get to a school and have an opportunity to, to learn this early on. Yep. Have you seen Try Harder, the documentary Try Harder? I heard about it. Um, I was reading about it. Yes. Yeah, so I think it's on Hulu now. Uh, it's about uh, a document, uh, a documentary director uh, found a, a bunch of seniors at Lowell high school a few years ago um, and talking to them about, college admission processes mm -hmm. and they followed them there during their senior year. Um, and the pressure of 
getting into a good college for Lowell high school kids. Yeah. Because you've heard about Lowell, right? Yeah. 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 So it was really interesting uh, watching that, especially because it was before the um, the it's controversy not, yeah. of the meritocracy versus lottery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I think they should probably make a documentary about Lowell um, for sure. Like that covers the the pressure and the uh the race demographics or the ethnicity demographics and also the racism and then (laughs) yeah like i would i would definitely watch a docuseries about lowell and also a podcast about it yeah they you know there was a an article covering that and so on apple news you could listen to it they had a long long kind of um long story about that and then the attempted changes to make it more equitable um Mm -hmm. and then all the backlash was it Um, new york times i i know i think it was a a, something more local but i could look for it i have it on my own I have it like saved okay. somewhere, I think, but remember that docuseries I watched on HBO when I had COVID, like Mind Over Murder? Yeah, I've I'm in like 15 minutes of it, but because I was watching some other true crime thing, but what's up about yeah. it? <laughs> oh, so the director is Chinese. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think she was born in China. She directed One Child Nation about mm. um, the doctor. The, I think it's on Amazon right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about the Chinese rule about you can only have one kid for like a, a certain yeah. I think there was a point where China was parents in China could only have one kid. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really interesting to have that director do this true crime documentary. Yeah. Especially like out of nowhere. I mean, sorry, Nebraska, but like this very uh, small town. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it makes me want to watch her other documentaries, right? Yeah. Like the, the first documentary was really like the first one that I watched, the One Child Nation was really personal to her. Mm-hmm. And then doing this long shrew crime doc, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting. I wonder how she got connected to the story yeah i don't know oh she read an article about it yeah and then i'm surprised that like i'm assuming that 
all the subjects that she interviewed mm-hmm. would be like, why is this Chinese lady interested <laughs> in, in story. our story? Right. Like, yeah. You know, m- maybe it's because mm-hmm. of like the, like race is all in my head. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, all the hmm. anti uh, anti Asian hate. I was just like, why would no I... she be interested in that? And why would the subjects want to open up to her about that? Because you know yeah. she's definitely foreign, mm-hmm. figuratively, figuratively and literally mm-hmm. um, to the subject matter, right? Yeah. No, I think that 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 makes a lot. That, that's an interesting question, and in terms of the production and what kind of what kind of relationships and trust was built during it. Yeah. Um, but I would have that lens too. Well, I mean, not too. I always have that lens on, as we've <laughs> talked about. Um, I'm going to watch it. Um, I've been, you know, we had that chat about the that series about the girl um in la uh, oh in, yeah uh, yeah in like you know our problems with like the production and stuff and so um i've been i mean i wouldn't say it's not the first time but then i've been definitely having a lot more um it's been harder for me to get into true crime stuff um because right. one it's like extra popular now and it's mm-hmm. done in the point where it's kind of very voyeuristic and sometimes very um potentially exploitative yeah and for so, sure like that, this, that one yeah that one documentary about that uh yeah i don't know what it was like the i don't know what hotel it was yeah that one oh yeah it's just somewhere in like skid row um the I watched a three-part one called Sophie on Netflix and it's about this like decades old. So it happened in 1996. So we were still in high school or maybe later in the year, but it was happened in 1996 and it was of this French woman living in this super sleepy, artsy, quiet coastal town in um, the Cork region of Ireland. And um probably similar to the the six part series or six part docu series that you're watching it's it's not just only about the murder but like the I- impact on the town the small yeah, town yeah. um but it was a lot of like when i'm watching it i'm not, i'm not only watching it for the story but then i'm just trying to like getting a feel on how they're presenting this and how they're presenting the people in the story. Right. Right. And the, and the victim, Mm -hmm. um, because like, there's so much of like, you know, there's, there's artsy things that people want to do as, you know, creatives doing a documentary, but only so much of that can be tolerated if it's done Mm -hmm. to add too much style to it. I got, um, yeah, it was fine. It was um I appreciated that at the end of the 
at the end of the um of the series there's a reason why they named it after the victim um well essentially I, I mean there's no spoilers here i mean you could watch it but a lot of times these stories mm-hmm. there's a coverage of the the hysteria or the town or the um alleged um uh killers and all that stuff right so it becomes so much less about the actual person who got killed and their family right but it it wasn't about that and um like even though it basically at the end of the series they said like this story became about this person who was um um eventually found guilty in france because in ireland they didn't um um, they didn't find him guilty but through the french law with evidence they found him guilty not being upheld by ireland whatever um but one of the people that um was interviewed throughout the the story was like this this story eventually became more about him but mm-hmm. we need to focus this on so Sophie. Right. And um or Sophia or something. And um that's what it ended on. And it's like that's why. That's why the name of it is her. Her family was focused on it. Um and I think the in this case, the director, producers, all the people that are putting this together, their end goal was to reclaim the story and the life of the person mm-hmm. um, yeah so it was interesting so speaking of random a couple months ago or maybe like a month ago um a month and a half ago I don't know. I, I might have been outside. I might have been working on a bike. Uh, Hung was inside and Malcolm had taken a shower. And this all happened when I was outside and Hung was telling me once I came inside. But she said um, Malcolm straight up started like bawling in the bathroom mm-hmm. um, or in his bedroom, something like that. But basically, just out of nowhere. And what he was saying was that he was um, thinking about death. In particular, thinking about um, living, being really sad because he was thinking about him living without either or both of us, right? So um, thinking mm-hmm. about our deaths. And then, um, so she was you know, talking to him and trying to figure out like, where did this come from right like we're like what are you watching <laughs> right it's like yeah you you don't go on youtube tv too much kids youtube kids i'm sorry youtube kids too much <laughs> um i mean there's like peril and stuff in some movies I and mean, obviously like every pixar movie is about death but he doesn't watch movies anymore so like where is it coming from and then he had mentioned something about being on a call with me and my family because what happened what happened was my mom my lola my mom's mom um was um on her last minutes right so we all logged in and so Mm -hmm. i was watching it 
and then um you know with my family in the philippines my mom in the bay and whoever else and so um this was sometime last year but you know like again like with kids you don't know what they internalize Mm -hmm. um but there was nothing like no kind of emotions at that time you know there's no sadness from him nothing like really showing up but that's what he brought up just really randomly right um Mm -hmm. and then it happened again last week so I think this is all within the past month and, you know, four, six weeks at most or something. And this one definitely was in the bath because then all of a sudden he was crying and talking and this is, it was really sad. It's cute in a way because it's like, why are you thinking about this? And he's so like, um, so um, emotional and loving of us, right? Like you don't, sometimes you don't get that kind of mushy love stuff, from the kids anymore, right? um not with him he's mostly still does it but um for him to say like it was really sad when he's like saying oh um i don't want to live with um without my parents you know (laughs) it's it's like so um endearing and also sad and all that stuff and you're like and then who was just you know talking to him and just you know we'll be here around for a long time blah, blah blah and all that stuff and then um so there's that, right? So just trying to figure out again. And again, we're like, what happened? What are you thinking about? And he just brought up again that call with my Lola. Um, and so it's just super random, right? But the funny thing about this was we had bought these tickets to the Lion King musical, you know, months ago. And so we went there this, right. this past Sunday. And, you know, spoiler alert. <laughs> sorry 1994 uh, 1994 like a uh, spoiler <laughs> Mufasa dies Mufasa is the dad there's this whole big <laughs> thing about like um the father-son relationship and the circle of life which obviously starts with life but demands death in the circle mm-hmm. of life right um and it's funny because in it was so much more heavily cemented. I've watched Lion King since then, right? But it's like so much more heavily cemented when you're thinking about it in the in this like lens of mortality when right. he's right. talking to Simba after the whole elephant graveyard, after Mufasa had to save him. Spoiler alert. Um, and then they're talking about like the stars and Simba saying like, you know, uh, you're going to be around forever, right? And then Mufasa kind of sidesteps it and talks about the stars and I'm always going to be with you like with the other kings and stuff. And so I'm sitting there with Malcolm and I knew it was going to come up and I'm like thinking in my head, oh my gosh, oh shit. <laughs> Is this going to trigger him? <laughs> right? <laughs> and like, and then it's early on. He already doesn't like watching movies. It's also very loud. I thought, you know, anyway i was just like oh no are we gonna have to cut out of this like 20 minutes in because he's gonna be so um distraught um right didn't happen made it the way all the way through the musical at times he was just like i want to go home and then he 
he, he's like sitting out of his seat like straight up out of his seat leaning over looking at the stage so he's obviously enthralled right um but that didn't happen but um yeah so it was just a funny funny kind of like it was funny in a way because i'm like oh no <laughs> i don't i don't want the kiddo to be like triggered thinking about this thing that like really is we can't really explain right at this point right like exactly whatever um but at the same time, it's kind of like, man, this is the Lion King definitely has a different like meaning now. <laughs> oh, dude, for sure, dude. Like, I'm even triggered by that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there, I recently watched a movie on Amazon called Don't Make Me Go, mm-hmm. which stars John Cho as a dad of a teenager and when you are a father i mean when you are a parent it 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 hits different right like Mm -hmm. did you watch searching not yet okay so that was john cho to um i think it's called searching yeah yeah so it's john cho as a father his, his daughter is missing and then it's like there's this gimmick uh, or no, not, I don't want to say gimmick, but there's like this um, creative decision to use screens as, uh, as a storytelling device for that. Right. Um, So that was a, that was a dad searching for his uh, daughter. And this is the, same type um but it was him uh dealing with uh i don't want to spoil it but it's it's basically a a father daughter road trip Mm -hmm. and you know it it kind of deals with uh mortality Mm -hmm. and i was just like I knew what it was, but then I kind of wanted to watch it because I've had um, a story in mind about like a father-daughter road trip uh, that I had been trying to figure out how to tell in like a screenplay. So I was like, oh, I'll probably just watch it because I will. I would like to see how it's structured mm-hmm. and whatever but yeah. like it was really emotional man yeah um, yeah i mean i would recommend it because i think john cho uh he's aging really well um but like the more serious roles he does um yeah i i, yeah. I think I, I really like him in his serious roles mm-hmm. um but if if you don't want to be sad, <laughs> don't watch it. Oh, but I, I recommend it though. Yeah, it's uh, it's like an indie indie movie, um, and there is a uh, the teenager, his daughter. Uh, she was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I'll definitely want to check it out. I think the, I mean, this isn't the first, I, we might have chatted about this before, but this isn't, the, this isn't like the first time I've thought about my mortality and mm-hmm. as it relates to parenting, because um, I think it naturally is, it pops up because you're just thinking about like um, their lives and just like even thinking about like, getting older getting older and missing any moments like having you know? having health problems yeah <laughs> you know like yep. when i got covid i was just like well i get long covid right and just like eating healthier and just recognition that you want to stay alive yeah as much as you can right like alive and thriving right alive and thriving for sure yeah right no and i even like as he's becoming more sensitive to that or at least that's pondering you know it's it's floating in his head like i complain about all the pains in my body all the time because it's just like annoying because everything like no matter what i'm doing i'm gonna get hurt right like i'm cutting um vegetables and well my my wrist hurts but because because i've been like aggravating it but like i could literally literally could you be like pulling out um a bag of toilet paper from the um from the costco big the big bag of it right and bend down the wrong way and go like oh there goes a um uh, a little pain in my ankle yeah i literally did that last week where i put the laptop down like on top of his dresser which is like mm-hmm. a little bit lower than waist height. And I was bending down so I could see the chat from in our staff meet or like whatever meeting it was. <laughs> I literally had a little pop in my lower back. And I couldn't like, I had to lie down for my next meeting. And I told my coworkers, I'm like, hey, by the way, <laughs> we're, we're usually cameras off anyway, but like my camera's totally off. I'm like, by the way, I'm totally lying down for this um, meeting right now because I just threw out my back, literally just bending over to look <laughs> at the the freaking chat screen. Yeah, um, but then I've been like wanting to. I don't want to talk about the pains too much or joke around about me being old in front right. of Malcolm right now, uh, since yeah, he's yeah. It's presently like sensitive to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And you know the funny thing is, and it has this has nothing to do with Malcolm is when Hoon was telling me the first time when he was talking about it and how random it was. I have you know like the few memories that we have of in our childhoods. I have this distinct memory where for some reason I thought about dying. I, we were still in New York. I probably was somewhere near his age, so anywhere between five and seven. And I remember throwing up in our kitchen. And my parents oh. were like, why'd you throw up? And then I, I told them, oh, because I was thinking about dying or what it would be like to die. And they're like, why are you thinking about that? And I don't, that's all I remember. I don't know what else happened. I don't know what else was like the um, the calming or the yelling, you know, you know, I, I'm sure that they were more empathetic, but like, um, you know, sometimes our parents might be like, try to yell it out of you like mm-hmm. not in not in a mean way in a sense but just like don't think about that what are you doing right exactly um yeah so i was telling her i'm like yeah it's funny because i had some rando experience with that when i was five or six or similar age to him um but yeah it's uh 
I think Ellis mentioned something to test too, maybe like mm. a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I think Tess's response was just like, why do you think about that? <laughs> like, <laughs> but I mean, I would say the same thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because, well, it's hard to say anything else to it, right? Because we're kind of like, we don't, we're pretty real with Malcolm, right? So mm-hmm. he brings up questions around race or um, gender or whatever and things like that. And we just, we'll talk it out. Like we're talking to um, someone who's older. The thing with like death is like, and you know, we put on like a counselor or social work hat. What we say what we're trained as is like never promise something better for people that are kind of in trauma or um, dealing with a painful feeling mm-hmm. because you can, you can't say like, no, we'll be around for forever. Cause like, you know, we could just be outside and get hit by a bus right. or something. Right. Exactly. But um, that is, it's like, it's one of the harder things to talk about with a kid or, or adult. Cause like, you know, when people, you know, unfortunately a lot of our, our friends and families, are starting to lose their or have been losing their parents um mm-hmm. like i don't know what it is what what there is to say you know like there's nothing really you can't really um con- console anyone so like for me it's just like hey i hope let me know if you need help i hope um i hope you all dedicate your time to you know to be with each other and you know to heal right. uh, to, to mourn and stuff so to make it be part of it yeah i'm actually dreading when someone the kids know um passes yeah you know so even for me if if i know someone who passes if i'm close to i don't even know how i will react and then thinking about how I will react will affect the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll 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 find out, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's kind of scary. Thanks for listening to the Papa Culture Pod. Got something to share with us? Hit us up at Papa Culture Pod.